0: And we're back.
1: Yep. Episode 10, folks. And uh, to celebrate this milestone, we're doing a movie that we we told ourselves we had to work up to because it was such a, a monumental moment uh, in, in this era. It's a little indie gem. You might not have heard of it. That's right, folks. The Fast and the Furious. First one.
0: The one that set it all off.
1: Yeah. And, and just some ground rules. We're only going to be talking about this movie on its own merits. We're not going to get too much into the sequels.
0: Sorry, Tyrese.
1: Because we got to save that uh, for
0: for those episodes. Let's just dive into it. Uh, do you want to do sum up the plot in
1: 30 seconds? Sure do. Ready, set, go. So Paul Walker plays an undercover cop who infiltrates vin diesel's uh gang of drag racing truck hijackers they steal vcrs uh but he also becomes friends with him in the process and he has to uh choose where his loyalties lie as the uh, uh the four sort of enemies close in on them perfect That's... i mean you, you guys mostly pro- if you listen to this podcast you've probably seen this movie uh, we shouldn't have to go into too much detail about it. It's basically just a remake of Point Break uh, with cars instead of surfboards. Yes,
0: yeah. I was going to say, if you've seen the movie Point Break, you've seen this movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, originality is not one of its merits. It's. I think there should be a law, you know, now that the Democrats have taken back the House, that
0: they just have to remake Point Break with like a new subculture every 10 years.
1: All right, so what would it be this go-around? Uh, so we're coming up on 10 yeah. years since this movie. Wait, it's wait 20 sorry yeah 20 years what am i talking about so you think 2011 would have been if they'd
0: done if they'd made it it would have been uh improv or bloggers a gang of bloggers Yeah. and they're like doing like just vicious takedowns they're just like embarrassing people on the internet kind? yeah hmm yeah okay and like obama's like in the tan suit and he's like you got to go undercover get these
1: guys they're roasting me so the 2021 point break what do you think I'm thinking Twitch streamers. Mm. I could see like a gang of Twitch streamers like doing some shady cryptocurrency thing. Yeah, yeah I'll buy it. All right, Hollywood, if you're listening, they're yeah. not. They're not listening. Give us a development
0: deal. This point break, Fast and the Furious. So it's got we got Paul Walker, Vin Diesel, uh, Michelle Rodriguez,
1: Jordana Brewster.
0: Yeah. Show favorite Matt Schultz.
1: Other show favorite Ja Rule. <laughs> This is a Sam favorite maybe. My my favorite maybe more than more than yours. Ted Levine, Buffalo Bill himself, shows up in this. Yeah. This movie was made for sort of a mid budget but thirty eight million dollars. There aren't any really big Big, big movie stars in it this was the movie that like launched both Paul Walker and Vin Diesel as like as you know names in Hollywood
0: this was so early in Paul Walker's career that he didn't know how to act yet
1: he's very bad in it he he delivers everything in this sort of like wooden it's like a bad impression of Keanu Reeves yes kind of thing. I, want, I
0: was wondering if he was directed to sort of emulate Keanu Reeves in uh, Point Break.
1: It seems like he's trying his best to, and his best really isn't good enough. He
0: seems concussed at times.
1: Yeah, uh, he makes Vin Diesel look like a towering thespian. Uh, like <laughs> Vin Diesel actually acquits himself better in this movie than he... We watched Chronicles of Riddick a few weeks ago, and I thought he was terrible in that. In this, I actually thought he was pretty good.
0: Yeah, he's... I guess because you're not like... This is sort of the first time you're introduced to like, the Vin Diesel character, but it works.
1: Yeah, he hasn't quite like become a parody of himself yet in this one. He's he's just sort of doing it straight ahead.
0: Also, he's less preposterous than the Patrick Swayze character in Point Break, which I felt made it like easier to take.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's okay in this. I, I would say that, I mean, he's the reason that this thing turned into this like multi-billion dollar franchise over the last 20 years. So yeah, um, we can give him credit where it's due. Yeah. We should talk about the director of this movie, Rob Cohen.
0: Renaissance man.
1: Yeah. When I first saw this movie, I just sort of assumed that he was a guy who, you know, had done some music video or commercial directing and then, you know, made a car action movie no the guy was a Hollywood institution way before this ever happened when he was like 20 he was working in Hollywood as a reader and he discovered the script in like a a discarded script pile for the movie that would eventually become The Sting and he told his boss that if it didn't win an Oscar they could fire him from the agency he was working at and his boss was like okay deal and it did um and then that sort of launched him and before he was 30, he got like poached by Barry Gordy to head up the film department at Motown. And he did that for a bit. And then he became like VP of production at Fox. And then in like the 90s, he started directing TV and eventually movies. He did Dragonheart. You remember that? Yeah, with Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Yeah. So he was like 50 by the time he made this movie, which is weird because this movie appears to have been made by a 12 year old.
0: Yeah, it's very like this was his midlife crisis phase, I guess. Also, funnily enough, uh, the origins of this movie is that it was based on an article in vibe magazine yeah and uh they after they were filming the wrapping up filming on the skulls uh, Rob Cohen approached Paul Walker and was like what's your dream project? And uh, Paul Walker was like, a mashup of Days of Thunder and Point Break. And then Rob Cohen was like, have I got a Vibe magazine article for you? <laughs> and that's
1: how the movie began. Yeah, it is funny to me to imagine that there's some freelance journalist out there who's just responsible for all of this. Asian zero. <laughs> He's just like, you're welcome, everybody. I wrote 600 words once, and here we are. <laughs> I really enjoy Ja Rule in this movie. Yeah, he's funny. I thought there should have been more of him. He, uh, His character's whole thing just seems to be boobs. He, yeah. lo- he loves boobs. When he's introduced, he is like full hand groping a woman's breast uh, while she promises him that he can do more of that if he wins the upcoming street race. Uh, no,
0: she's like, you can grope me. If you lose, but you can grow
1: me and this other lady. If you win, and he's like, oh, "I've got to win now." Yeah, and then while he's racing, he screams Ménage toi really loud <laughs> while he's driving as he punches in the nos. Yeah, because that's that's what motivates him. <laughs> you know how when you're like doing your job, you scream the thing that you hope to get. Yeah, yeah, uh,
0: <laughs> thirty-two thousand dollars a year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um. dental. <laughs> You know, like, actors, like, what's my motivation in this scene? You know, like, Ja Rule did
1: not have that problem in this movie. No, no. It was, it was very, very straightforward.
0: Like, get okay, Ja, remember in this scene, you want boobs. And action. <laughs>
1: He's just like, yeah, yeah, I can, I can get to that. Is he in any of the other ones of this? I don't think so. It seems like... Because Ludacris becomes uh. the resident, like, rapper in the franchise in the next one. And it seems like maybe they they gave the role to Ludacris instead. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if that if that's true or not, but yeah, he, he doesn't show up in later ones as much as I would have liked him to. <laughs> well, he right. was busy planning a music festival.
0: <laughs> that shall not be named. But this guy gets into the other thing. The way that they use NOS or nitrous oxide in their cars in this movie is preposterous.
1: Yeah, that was something that we noticed watching this that we didn't feel like had been remarked upon enough. All the races in this movie just come down to when these guys push their NOS booster buttons. It's like a Mario Kart power-up, basically. And it's like whoever has the most little buttons on their steering wheel for NOS wins. Yeah, they don't actually do any, like, impressive driving. Yeah, they just go in a straight line, and then they push the button, and some of them have, like, two or three buttons, and some of them don't. I don't know. Anyone could do it.
0: And then they use these weird camera effects to make it look like they're, like blasting off into space but it's like no you're just like tooling around boil height this is not
1: i mean fair enough they're going fast but they're not doing anything like there are no impressive like race sequences in this movie it's just these guys in the cars pushing buttons on their dashboard that make them (laughs) go fast in a straight line i mean maybe they knew they were gonna make like a thousand of these and they were like okay we gotta like save the, the like actual racing for like the third and fourth one Yeah, because, like, when it gets later in the franchise, they do have some pretty cool, like, car set pieces. But in this one, the racing is both a bigger part of the overall story than it becomes in later ones, uh, but also much less impressive. This
0: is, like, and I've not seen all of them, but this seems to be, like, the most, like, ostensibly character driven one.
1: Yeah, this is the lowest budget one I think. So they had to they had to lean on storytelling more. Although they didn't have a lot to lean on in that. department. No.
0: Also like why was the police department that Paul Walker reported to this like Mulholland Drive Hollywood mansion?
1: Yeah, they instead of just having a police station, his whole investigation was being run out of like a house in the hills.
0: Yeah, it's like, Attention Officer Paul Walker, please report
1: for duty at the VCR theft detail at Warren Beatty's house. (laughs) Yeah, that was the other thing. Like, the crime in this one is incredibly low stakes. They're just stealing, like, VCRs and small television sets. (laughs) Which is insanely funny, because, like... All of that shit was like obsolete like three years later. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was obsolete already. <laughs> yeah. I remember watching DVDs like in 2000. So it was a really strange choice.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it has certainly not aged well.
1: It becomes like even more glaring by the fact that a big special investigations unit is devoted to tracking down the VCRs, and they have their own headquarters, and they have one of those like, uh, cork boards with like a dozen photographs taped to it and lines drawn between them, like it's the wire. Um, it's a hard sell. For VCRs. Yeah. When the FBI agents like Washington's
0: really like breathing down my back on this. And it's like, I do not think that the Justice Department right after 9-11 is like getting, you know, they're like, we got to focus on VCR theft. <laughs> Our number one priority. But I was like, shout out to Ted Levine, who plays like the stupid chief, um, who's Paul Walker's boss for when they're having a debriefing. Uh, demands one of the other cops make them iced cappuccinos. Yeah, I enjoyed that. And then there just shows them like drinking them. It was a nice touch. Although, you know how I knew Paul Walker's character was a cop? It's because he orders a tuna sandwich with the crusts cut off at a restaurant.
1: I don't think that says he's a cop. I think it says he's a fucking weirdo. Yeah.
0: But then, like, Georgiana Brewster's like, that's like a real man.
1: Yeah, it's like his way of flirting with her is to walk into this, like, shitty diner that she owns with Vin Diesel and order a tuna sandwich with no crust. Like, what is he, five?
0: Do you think if that hadn't worked out, he would have just, like, shit himself and demand she change his happy?
1: <laughs> yeah, he's into, like, baby play. <laughs> I
0: don't want to speak ill of the dead, but it was, like, a strange move.
1: Yeah, and it works, She's just like, haha, like adorable. <laughs> and they start dating later. It's such a weird thing. Like, of all the ways that you could have one character choose to flirt with another character in a movie, yeah. To order a tuna sandwich with no crust, it's really weird.
0: It's like so weird that Matt Schultz, like,
1: fights him after he sees what he's eating. He calls him a faggot for it, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not the word I would have chosen, but he did have every right to find it weird.
0: It's a bit rich, though, (laughs) coming from a guy in, like, multiple, like, see through tank tops, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, these were still the days where that word was used um, a little too liberally. We're, like, yeah, so we're you you wouldn't get above PG-13 for using it. Yeah, there's a few things in this movie that probably wouldn't fly in a PG-13 today. Jaw no. Rule's boob grab being one of them. The use of that word uh, is another one. What else? I think that's about it.
0: It's like a lot more gratuitous TNA than you see in movies these days.
1: Yeah, it it did sort of remind me how sexless movies have become. Yes. And that's not necessarily a bad thing or whatever. But people used to go to the movies partly just to see boobs and butts, and now with the internet, they don't need to. Because yeah. like, if you go to a Marvel movie now, like there's there's not even like a, a whiff of yeah. sexuality on anything. Like, don't tell
0: me he doesn't have at least one crotchless Iron Man suit. <laughs> That's a different kind of Iron Man. <laughs> of. You know, the other weird thing too is Paul Walker's. He's an undercover cop. He's working at an auto parts shop, but he just lives in the back of the auto
1: parts shop. Yeah. And uh, he's not afraid to invite a lady back there. Yeah. They they have one scene where they show him and Jordana Brewster lying in bed in the back of the auto parts shop, like next to some hubcaps. (laughs) And you're just like, you know, if you were a girl and a guy was like, let's go back to mine. And he brought you to like Like a
0: Sherwood Williams paint store.
1: Yeah, or like a Pet Boys.
0: (laughs) He was like, this is where we're going to do it. So, fellas, if you're looking to meet a girl, just walk up to any woman you see in the street, demand she give you a juice box, and then invite her to the back of the freshie you work at for a little roll in the hay.
1: I guess that is, if you've ever wondered how good you have to look (laughs) to get laid in a Pet Boys, (laughs) Paul Walker is your benchmark for that. Uh, if you have dreamy blue eyes and, and those surfer locks of his you might be able to pull it off yeah that can be like a, like the Paul Walker like that's a move that, oh yeah we're commenting that you get laid in an auto parts store <laughs> twice yeah challenge um, accepted
0: and then when then Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez hook up like in a garage and I'm like that has got to be one of the least erotic environments yeah all imaginable. that all that
1: dirt and dust and grease everywhere it is it is at least his garage though
0: yeah but there's kind of like a weird sexual energy running through this movie i
1: mean not on the level
0: of chronicles of no n- nowhere near that but there is sort of a weird when paul walker joins the team um Matt Schultz is like wildly jealous out of proportion with it he's just like mad vin diesel is a new best friend it's like Eh, there's like something going on there. Yeah,
1: yeah, he gets very possessive.
0: And then Ricky and the bad guys, like, oil board a guy. I guess that's not even sexual, it's just weird.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I mean, he was just torturing him with whatever he had handy.
0: Yeah, it was like an oil, sorry, oil boarding for users that don't use the made up
1: words I think of in my head. It's just they
0: have like a thing of uh,
1: like grease or oil and they're just pouring it onto a guy's throat because he's still there car engines it's a pretty expensive way of torturing somebody yeah another thing i enjoyed was how the big drag racing tournament and this was called race wars
0: yeah because every every drag racing team is like it's divided along ethnicity like there's the asian team the black team the latino team the white team
1: yeah there, there was that but i was just like the fact that the screenwriters saw fit to to call it race wars um, yeah seemed like something only they could have thought was funny yeah um, but yeah the the, the racial uh, teams were funny I thought like the the way that like they had like the cholos and the, the Asians who played video games in their cars
0: yeah they like, really hammer over like this is the Asian team and it's like they go past the TNT supermarket and there's like a shot where they just pan in front of a statue of Confucius just yeah. so you, <laughs> you know that that's the Asian <laughs> team
1: yeah it was um, was a little bit on the nose. There wasn't anything in it that was, like, nobody, like, banged on a gong or anything, but it <laughs> no. sort of went right up to that point. Yeah. Well, oh, I guess because, like, this is, like, at
0: least amongst the supporting cast, like, a fairly diverse movie, and, like,
1: I well, guess a pretty early
0: example of that, so.
1: Yeah, well, that's um, that's one of the reasons that this franchise has taken off, I think, to the degree it has, is that it is a very diverse uh, cast. Like, every everyone is represented in these ones. I guess they don't have, like, an openly gay member of the team. No. Although Vin Diesel, arguably, could could be claimed.
0: He's sort of he... like the tabula rasa. He's like, I don't know what ethnicity he is. Like, I don't know. He's just, like, a blank slate.
1: Yeah, but, but it's an ethnic rainbow. This franchise.
0: one less so, the first one. It's like That's all true. of the good guys are white except for Michelle Rodriguez, or the protagonists.
1: Jordana Brewster is apparently from Panama, okay. although she looks pretty white. I don't know. I don't know ethnically what... <laughs> what she is doesn't pass the eye test folks yeah you know they've they've got ja rule
0: no guguliemi guguliemi i don't know how to pronounce his last name He yeah. he shows up he plays like he,
1: they force him to play the exact same guy in every movie yeah he's uh he has a terrible scene in the purge where he tries really hard to uh break into a woman's house to rape her um, but then he gets killed so it's it's okay but he's uh he's very unpleasant Gonna, we're, we're, that's what his character is supposed to be. He's just doing his job. Um, I'm going to go
0: out on a limb here and say he's actually one of the only good parts of the Paul Haggis crash movie because he's like cast against type. Like he's just like a contractor, and Sandra Bullock's like, "No, this guy's definitely a gangbanger. He's going like to come back to our house and kill us."
1: Yeah. And I think it works because it's like he usually is that character, right? And yeah, I've seen him in movies. <laughs> I know what he does. <laughs> There are great stories uh, that actors tell sometimes about uh, when people in real life like treat them a certain way because of the characters right. that they play. There was some guy who was a villain on one of those British soaps. I don't know if it was Coronation Street or something like that, and he said that like he will regularly get drinks thrown in his face uh, because <laughs> people just hate him because of his character. Yeah, yeah. There's a few actors who. Who have stories about that stuff and it's like how stupid do you have to be yeah
0: that's even dumber <laughs> than the people who tell Lawrence fishburne that he's actually samuel l jackson is one of the dumbest things it's like very screen damage when you think that like you know an actor is in <laughs> fairness though if i met matt schultz in real life i'd kind of be a... yeah. i wouldn't throw a drink at him but i like, oh, I don't want to get too close to that guy
1: you know he just has like a face and, and he's he, a mean guy face he has like a weaselly mean guy face and as a result of that he's been cast in certain roles a lot is i don't know that's like a chicken or an egg thing it's yeah. like
0: i feel they instructed him to sort of like walk meanly in this one he's very like shambling and like hulking and it, I, I thought it was effective he's fatter in this one than he was in torque yeah he slimmed down for torque yeah yeah good for him yeah well also he was in black leather the whole time which is like that has a slimming effect yes which is another tie into Torque is the famous line from this movie, uh, "I live my life a quarter mile at a time," is like delivered straight in this one, and then in Torque, Martin Henderson says that and is met with the yeah. rejoinder, "That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard."
1: Yeah, they uh, they clap back at that yeah. line in in Torque. Also, we can agree that that whole "I live my life" speech, he's talking about an orgasm. Yeah, right. Like he's he's like for ten seconds, I forget everything. That's going on in my life, and all that matters is, is this. Do you think there was a Fast and the
0: Furious porn, and it was like speed fucking? There has to be. There has to. There's be. There's
1: probably lots. Of, there, there is no way that that hasn't happened yet.
0: If there's a Brexit porn, there
1: should. There has to be a Fast. Is and the there Furious a Brexit porn? porn? Yeah.
0: They look like I've just seen the like. Is it DV just a cover? lot
1: of? Is it just like a Spanish, a French guy, <laughs> and a German guy all pulling out of a British person? Yeah, I, like I've not. I've always seen the cover, and it's just <laughs> like <"Jiz-a-me>, Corbin like <laughs> or they're just they're just all refusing to fuck an English person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, <laughs>
0: What's a uh, what's an English goodbye? Or no, wait, that's not the joke. It's uh, a <laughs> it's an Irishman, a Scotchman, and an Englishman walk into a bar. The English guy wants to leave, so all three have to go. We're gonna edit that out in, in post, folks.
1: No, we're keeping it. It, it is it's not here. on top. It's here to stay. Yeah, I guess the
0: plot in this movie, like I really did not buy that the cops were like, we have to bust this VCR theft ring. Also, yeah. their method of hi- truck hijacking seemed, like, preposterous.
1: Yeah, that was another thing that was sort of like, "What is? what are they doing?
0: Yeah, they, like, rappel onto these trucks. And the whole thing relies on the driver just doing nothing as someone, like, shoots out their front windshield and then, like, rappels onto the truck. Well,
1: they're not rappelling onto the truck. They're not coming from above. They're, right. They have these, like, harpoon gun things.
0: They um, look like dildos.
1: Yeah, they're sort of like grappling hook guns. They shoot those into the truck cabins from their cars, and then they get out of their cars and they jump into the truck to take it. But it doesn't appear the harpoon gun is actually doing anything throughout the entire operation.
0: Would it surprise you to know that a third of the time, these things, it goes disastrously wrong? No. No. <laughs> It's pretty, like, Silicon Valley in that regard and that, like, truck hijacking is not something that needed to be disrupted. You can just put the log across the road, wait till they pull over and pull a gun on them. Like, that works still. You don't need to do, you know, have a Honda with ground effects lighting.
1: Yeah, yeah, you don't need, like, six cars doing all sorts of weird uh, maneuvers and this whole, like, harpoon gun setup. And uh, people communicating via Nextel cell phones. Just for some VCRs. Yeah, yeah. It's, I
0: mean, it's crazy.
1: Um, it does look kind of cool, though, which is, I guess, yeah. what, what the point is here.
0: So if you're making this today, I mean, I guess this is kind of a weird question because, like, they are making them today. But if you're remaking this today, which may well happen, what would you have them be stealing?
1: What would the VCR player? Uh, yeah, the, the MacGuffin. Be? Yeah, it would be... I feel like it would be a bunch of cryptocurrency. Yeah. <laughs> Like by, physical by, cryptocurrency. by the time they like get back to unload it it's not worth anything anymore or yeah or
0: it's like <laughs> so, it's a graphics cards yeah, yeah it's gpus yeah, yeah. <laughs> or maybe they still have to steal a vcr because that's the only format the trump piss tape is in and they're like if we get this
1: and play it we can bring them down but like
0: first we need to find a vcr
1: I think Tom Arnold is trying to find the Trump P tape right now. He has like a vice show where he's like hunting for it. Cause he it's another, another one of our favorites.
0: He and like Dan Aykroyd should team up. Cause Dan Aykroyd is crazy about like UFOs.
1: They do have a similar thing going on. Like if uh, like they, I bet they have an identical silhouette.
0: Yes, absolutely. And they're
1: both nuts.
0: What's the, what's the Tom Arnold version of the crystal skull vodka? Um, Roseanne bar shaped uh, bourbon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I can't beat that, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna stick with that.
0: Well, it's official. Back to the movie. <laughs> yeah. I will say this for Paul Walker: his act, I feel like the movie must have been shot sort of roughly in sequence because his acting like does get better. It goes from like non-existent to wooden by the end. Like there is a linear progress. Yeah.
1: That might just be because you accept it after a certain yeah. amount of time. You, like, Stockholm first, syndrome. It's very jarring, and then you're just like, well. This is bad, and it, it is what it is. <laughs> so watching
0: this movie, were you, like... Because I, I was watching it, and I was like, how is this the movie that spawned, like, a bazillion-dollar franchise with, like, ten sequels?
1: Well, it didn't. Like, it did, but the, the history of this franchise, which, which we'll get into more on later episodes, is very bizarre, because after this, Vin Diesel left the franchise for a bit, and then Paul Walker left, too... And then they all came back, and it got sort of relaunched. But yet this, this franchise, it dipped almost into straight-to-video territory. And then it came roaring back. And now it competes with Star Wars and stuff like that. It's, um, it's one of those things where you, it's just too bad that Vin Diesel got vindicated. so much stop encouraging him folks. yeah he clearly sees himself as a god among men now um and it's it's hard to watch that part of it but um this is one of the worst movies in the franchise they don't really get good until about number five which unfortunately i think is when they leave our our scope we could maybe do them anyway though but yeah there's already been a lot of ink spilled about like the the history of this franchise but it is one of these bizarre hollywood stories that certainly when this movie came out nobody could have predicted
0: it feels like a sort of good metaphor for like the that era of just like bunch of shitty movies they just, like, powered through, and then, like, it somehow, like, turned into, like, a success story. So that was the cast, but here's the potential people they could have cast. Originally, before they had Paul Walker, the producers wanted to cast Mario Lopez as Dominic, Mark Paul Gosselaar as as, uh, the Paul Walker character, Dustin Diamond as one of the other, like, in the gang, and the the studio was like, no, no, this is like we can't have a Save by the Bell reunion, but like that would have been insane. That would have been an
1: amazing movie.
0: Yeah, like that's that's like the kind of movie that you would see as the movie within a
1: movie in like a David Lynch movie. <laughs> it it really is. That would have been, and it's it's funny because this movie it came out in two thousand one, but the aesthetic of it does have sort of this sun-baked California-like thing going on. So you could see this movie being in the Saved by the Bell universe if, if such a thing existed.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, while we were watching it, you turned to me, and you're like, man, I really feel like the 90s was the best time to live in L.A. According to television. <laughs> yeah. like... uh, no, that that's not like the craziest uh, casting choice at the time. Um, they also wanted Timothy Oliphant to play uh, the Vin Diesel role. but He was like, no, no. I was already in Gone in 60 Seconds, episode four. Uh- <laughs>
1: It, it was great that he didn't want to be typecast as a guy who was in too many car movies yeah. he's like, I don't want to become one of those guys who's just in movies about cars <laughs> <laughs> you know I feel like we've seen his name pop up as like somebody who was wanted for a lot of movies around this time
0: yeah I feel like they were trying to typecast him as like an action guy and he's like no no like I
1: want to be like a serious yeah I, I watched go uh, a few weeks ago he's in that
0: I was just about to say how funny is it that he is Shirtless the entire movie of Goat, yeah. Yeah.
1: Also, that movie has not aged well. No, it's like okay, but there's a lot of stuff in it that you're just like, ooh.
0: Yeah, Uh it's very like much a train like train spotting hangover ripoff movie. Yeah, have you seen Human Traffic? That's the other like the funniest train spotting ripoff. I never saw that one. It's like they libs that They're like instead of being Scottish and on heroin, they're Welsh and take ecstasy, (laughs) and removes any of the pathos from the movie. Yeah. So that's uh, that's right. You're listening to us talking about the Fast and the Furious.
1: <laughs> Timothy Oliphant did eventually do the Hitman movie. They've made oh, two, yeah. two Hitman movies. I used to like those video games when I was a kid. Is it Mark
0: Strong in one of them?
1: I don't know. Oh. The other one stars the guy from Homeland. Damien Lewis? No, no, the guy who plays like Quinn or something. He's like Andy Patinkin. No, he's like Homeland's Jeremy Renner. Oh. Ooh. He's like he's like the operative who helps Claire Danes. Okay. Yeah, it was a bad movie.
0: This is one of those ones where they're just perpetually rebooting it and it's like just stop, guys. Just you cannot do this.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I don't think those video games are even that popular. Like they're fun, but you just play like a bald guy who wears disguises and strangles people. <laughs> I don't need a movie. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, it's like not like... Scream. I mean, video game adaptations, like the batting average on those being successful is like, it may still be at zero. Like I can't think of a nope. good video game movie.
1: Rampage. Okay, fair. I've not seen that. Fair uh, enough. I've been talking about Rampage all year. No one believes me. Rampage is amazing. <laughs> it is so good. It was the most fun I had at the movies all year. It's like a Fast and the Furious movie with monsters in it. Like it has that like perfect level of, like, self-awareness and comedy. There is a gorilla in it that, like, makes dick jokes <laughs> in sign language. Uh, uh, yeah, it rules. If you're listening, go see Rampage.
0: In fact, if you're listening, make a website that is www.gocerampage.com.
1: I might watch it again tonight, you know? <laughs> it's that good. Yeah, smoke a lot of weed first, but, <laughs> but go see it. Some of the other people,
0: they, all, like, wanted Christian Bale, which, like, I... He, like he's too serious for this movie. It for
1: be, I think for uh Vin Diesel's Vin role. Vin Diesel's role, yeah. I guess he would have been coming off American Psycho still. This would have been before Batman. Yeah. So maybe he would have been like gettable. Yeah. At that point, it's hard to imagine now. Yeah. Yeah. What if he'd gotten really fat for the role? Yeah, and it, it was like Vice. It <laughs> just. <laughs> Uh, yeah, how much... Do you think he would have gained weight or lost weight for this for, if he had to play Dominic Toretto? I think he would have, like, stayed that sort of, like... He, like, doesn't, like, he doesn't do that. Though.
0: Yeah, that's true. You're right. I, oof. I think he would have
1: got put on muscle but, like, gotten fatter. Do you think that guy's just going to, like, die one day? You, he can't be yeah, healthy. It's... His heart must be, like, in horrible shape. He, like, gains and loses 150 pounds, like, three times a year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's... He's old enough now that he's probably and like rich enough that he has like a nutritionist. It's like, okay, we gotta you know counteract this, but
1: it would be really funny if he just stays at his Dick Cheney weight, yeah, f- for the rest of his career. Now he's just like, I like this, I'm gonna be a fat guy actor from that, now on.
0: That's <laughs> what happened to Vincent D'Onofrio. He like gained all that weight for Full Metal Jacket, and he was like, I've seen him in movies before that, and he's like quite thin, and he just never slimmed down again. He was just like, fuck it. Like, I like nachos. I'm about that character actor lifestyle. Are there
1: fat leading men? I don't think they're like permanently fat leading men. Like, like how far back? Like Laurel
0: and Hardy, I guess. Or one of the two was in
1: comedy. You get them. Yeah. There's like, like I mean, John C. Riley is not skinny. Yeah. I don't think there are any dramatic actors who are consistently fat, though. What well, if there was like a really fat actor
0: and they're like, oh my God, he got so
1: thin for this role? This is amazing. And then he just got fat and then again. Gets, and then he gets fat after again, yeah. That would be pretty funny.
0: I guess Brando was fat, but it was like after.
1: He, he like got fat, yeah. yeah. It's like Orson Welles or something. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, you know, generally people don't. Don't really want uh, want to see a super fat guy as their as their lead yeah. in a movie. <laughs> I want a I want a fat James Bond. Let's get make something like that happen. You know what I was thinking? Um, a bald James Bond called James Bald, and it's just the same as Bond, only he just has no hair. <laughs> it's just it's just that one of the like unreleased Hitman movies that they just like ADR like new dialogue into. <laughs> it's like he just like looks up from the craps table and he's like, the name's Bald. <laughs> james bald his gadget is just an exploding wig <laughs> <laughs> he throws at people and then the femme fatale
0: has like a merkin that shoots poison oh geez yeah i guess sure uh, for those of you that don't know a merkin is a pubic wig and they get pitbull to play him <laughs> yes <laughs> that's the that would be great just like yeah. the name is dale
1: james dale
0: Mr. 365, Mr. Worldwide.
1: (laughs) I bet you Pitbull has already thought he should be Bond. He was always dressing in like a Casablanca, like a white dinner jacket kind of thing. I saw him once.
0: Was it at that concert he did in Alaska?
1: No, it was... uh, I got free tickets to the closing ceremonies of the Pan Am Games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they let Pitbull play for a whole half hour, and then they cut off Kanye West 10 minutes in, in the middle of a song, uh, so that they could bring on some interpretive dancers. It was <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> like, he stormed off stage, uh, and everybody in the arena was there only to see Kanye, uh, but somebody was just like, we gotta stick to the schedule, guys. That's like cutting out like a bunch of the rock
0: scenes in a Fast and the Furious movie, so they're like Tyrese- his, like, more. Yeah. No, the crowd, time. the
1: crowd, like, groaned when it <laughs> happened. And he, he threw his mic into the audience and stormed off stage. And then they, like, brought on this, like, dance troupe to announce the next Pan Am Games location. Um, oh. It was, it was so funny.
0: The only way that could have been worse is if they'd brought on an improv troupe.
1: <laughs> At the time, I was, like, mad about it because I, I was really enjoying his set. But now that he's become, like, a this weird villain, I, I think it's just really funny.
0: Maybe he'll be, they'll he'll dump Pence and he'll run as the VP in twenty twenty.
1: Apparently, Trump's been talking about dumping Pence. He's been asking people privately if he should do it, which would be amazing.
0: I mean, like, I feel like you can't have an all crazy guy ticket though.
1: You got to have like a why a, a not? Dull, sort of sane <laughs> fascist to, to balance it. We'll see. The politics podcast never been one of those before. You know, <laughs> what if should... they get
0: someone from the Fast and the Furious?
1: Like, what if the Democrats are like, we get like people have been begging Vin the rock Diesel. to run like people people have been talking about the rock running for president since Trump won uh and he says that right now he's not interested in it um
0: yeah i mean like his life probably rules why would he want to be the president uh, well, like none of his like solutions to things would work right like you can't like you know like you can't like body slam the deficit
1: he would do the people's elbow <laughs> and he'd sort it out oh you want to do a James Bond next week
0: yes we haven't
1: done one of those yet other day. Ben, this air that's true. Yeah, we're gonna try and do something from now on where every movie that we do has a cast member from the previous movie that we just did.
0: A little game we're gonna call Six Degrees of Vin Diesel. Yeah, or Jaw Roll maybe. Six Degrees of Jaw Roll. What, yeah. Whatever.
1: Okay. So yeah, stay tuned for a terrible James Bond movie next week and uh, enjoy.
0: Au revoir.